Lights, Camera, Asia. A look at Asian culture and history through the lens of cinema. Hello and welcome back to Lights, Camera, Asia. I'm Jake Chen. In the last several weeks, we've been covering a film called Tokyo Stories, and I said it is the beginning of a new theme. Now, in keeping with that theme, today we're going to look at a film made in Taiwan that also progresses along fairly slowly and tells the story of average people. This film holds a rather special place in my heart because I vividly remember the two special occasions in which I watched it. The first was in the mid 2000s, and、uh, yours truly at the time was a undergraduate student at、uh, Carleton University's film studies program. And in order to present us with different perspectives and different theories. Of film analysis, the professor would play a different film, along with a new set of theories、uh, every week. And I remember watching this film in the school's auditorium, along with a class of other students, were equally mesmerized and baffled because this film is so different from anything and everything that we watched before, and pretty much anything since. That we struggled to grasp the meaning and even the category of the film. I can't simply say that it's a drama, or it's a ghost story, etc., because the film has elements that hint at so many categories. Yet I can't pinpoint it to just one.、But、later on that year, I rewatched the film alone in my own apartment before writing an essay. I had picked this film because I wanted to dissect what the director really is trying to show us, and I want to get a better understanding of a film that is just so bizarre in all the best ways. Now, the title of the film is twofold. The Chinese title is called Busan, which roughly translates to "not dismissed." The term hints at a sentiment where a crowd refuses to disperse after engaging in a collective activity. The official English title, on the other hand, hints at another element that is key in the movie. It is called "Goodbye Dragon Inn," and I think this is the perfect time to segue into some introduction, as well as to give you some background information in order to better understand the film. For those of you who have dabbled in studying up on the history of Chinese martial art movies, Dragon Inn would definitely be a very familiar name. Released in 1967, Dragon Inn, also in some areas of the world referred as Dragon Gate Inn, is a landmark film in the Chinese martial art movie genre. Written and directed by Hu Jinquan or Mr. King Hu, the movie tells the story of a clash between two group of people. One is a group of eunuchs who had successfully besieged the emperor at a time and had planned to kill the emperor's children. And at the Dragon Day Inn, where the ambush was supposed to happen, one of the emperor's remaining generals had enlisted help to protect the children and to help them to bring them to safety. Now, this isn't exactly different from a lot of the martial art movies that was made before or since. What made it groundbreaking was the many aspects of the film, 
For instance, the, one of the protectors of the children is a female swordsman. Now, having strong female characters in a martial art movie is nothing new if we look at the movies made since the 90s. But this was 1967, and having a very strong and determined female swordsman duking things out with a group of men on the screen was a big step forward. The film was also noted for a lot of the creative techniques that was used in the department of sound, editing, martial arts choreography, and cinematography. In fact, in the Golden Horse Movie Award in 1968, in the following year, the film won the award for best screenplay, and was runner-up in best director. When it premiered, the film broke box office records in multiple regions, including in Taiwan, in South Korea, and in the Philippines. Now, around 50 years after its release, the film's effect on modern Chinese filmmakers and those who love martial art movies is still quite present and prevalent. The Golden Horse Film Awards hosted a survey in 2011 for the 100 greatest Chinese-speaking movies. And after over a hundred film directors and critics cast their vote, the film comes in at number nine out of a hundred. It was also noted as a major milestone in the Chinese martial arts genre by many critics and media publications in the West as well. In the years and decades following the film's release, the story where the two groups clash at the Dragon Gate Inn has become a popular canvas for a lot of up-and-coming directors. In 1992, there's a new Dragon Gate Inn, which was a remake of the film, and it was vastly popular at the time. It featured Donnie Yen, who is still a key star in the Hong Kong and China action scene even till today. So his debut in the 1992 movie was a major advancement for him. And in 2011, 20 years later, acclaimed director Choi Hark also remade his version called Flying Swords of Dragon Gate. In Taiwan, in the early 90s, they also remade the story into a vastly popular television series. I think at this point, a lot of us have this question: since Dragon Gate Inn and the story in that movie is so popularized in the Chinese cinema, is this movie that we're going to talk about today, Goodbye Dragon Gate Inn, another remake or homage to the movie? And the answer is no. Directed by Tsai Mingliang, one of the most critically acclaimed filmmakers to ever come out of Taiwan, Goodbye Dragon Inn has little to do with the plot in the Dragon Gate universe. In fact, the story of Goodbye Dragon Gate Inn is exceedingly simplistic, and I can really summarize it in about a sentence. It tells the story of a group of people who watch a film. At the last night of a decrepit theater in Taipei, and Goodbye Dragon Gate Inn is the film that they watch. Now, this is the only obvious connection that Goodbye Dragon Inn has with the 1967 martial art classic. And I had the question、uh, before I watched it for the first time, and I'm sure a lot of you had the same question as well. Why does director Tsai Mingliang choose to have the characters in his own movie watch Dragon Gate Inn as the final film that's to be screened in the theater? And how does this choice help tell the story and help propel the plot forward in his own movie? Without giving too much away, because in the following episode we will be looking at how the film's plot is unfolded. 
1967 film Dragon Gate Inn is played in the movie theater where the current film Goodbye Dragon Inn is set. So the old film serves quite literally as the backdrop of the whole story. With that film playing in the theater, director Cai Mingliang turned the lens to several characters who are basically doing their own things while the movie is being played on the big screen. For a considerable amount of time in the movie, we follow the footsteps of a crippled female projectionist as she walks around from one door to the next in the movie theater, cleaning things up, making sure that things are in place, and also trying to express her interest in a male projectionist who is never around. We also follow a young man who is a Japanese homosexual who happens to be in Taipei that night. He is arguably the second character who connects all the other characters in the film, as he keeps wandering around different parts of the movie theater, which really hasn't lied as a life of his own at, at the midpoint of the movie. And the Japanese man also represents our curiosity to finding out different mysteries in the film theater. We also see several old characters in the film, and towards the end of the film, they also greet each other and they hint at the fact that these are the characters who actually played in the 1967 martial art classic. So the current movie, made in 2003, is about paying tribute to an important milestone in the Chinese cinema, it's about connecting with history and tradition, it is also a love letter to a time period that has presumably inspired many, many filmmakers from Timing Liang's generation and forward. But with all that connection to history aside, the film is also about a certain vibe, energy, and atmosphere. The film, and we'll get into that in more details in the following episode, chugs along at a glacial pace. It is very, very slow. In fact, if you thought a very little happened in Tokyo's story, this film moves at an even slower pace. So the director deliberately has Dragon Gate in the 1967 version played in real time in the background throughout the entire movie, and we would hear the sound of the movie from time to time. So those who are familiar with the 1967 movie is clearly aware of the passage of time because the dialogue would give the film's plot away and we would understand how much time roughly have passed. Another conscious effort that director Cai Mingliang has made is to showcase the different parts of the movie theater, the physical space of it, and how this seemingly dead physical space has played a great role in affecting the mood, the development, and the decisions of the several characters at the last night of the theater's opening. It is a very artistic, slow, poignant film, and I would almost say that it's one of a kind, because over my two decades of watching and studying movies, I've never seen another one remotely similar. So, I hope this little introduction piques your interest, and next week, we'll be looking at the story of Goodbye Dragon Inn.
Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Lights Camera Asia. I'm Jake Chen, and I look forward to talking to you next week. <laughs>